One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. And if you have a Bible, you can open up your Bible. We're going to go in just a moment to Luke chapter 5. And uh, we'll just kind of speak, I'll speak to you just kind of family room uh, style this morning out of Luke chapter 5. And I want to speak to you today about embracing change, embracing change. Uh, We're in a season that is unlike a season that we have ever been in. Uh, Church has been different than what we're used to. Um, home life, family routines. Uh, most of us are probably out of our routines. Maybe you're still working, but it's, it's different. And really everything in life to some degree or another is different in this season than what we are used to. And so today I, I really just want to speak uh, to the season, speak to the moment that we're in. And I had this week, I had Uh, Luke chapter 5 on my heart and a story where Jesus really gives some guidance about how we are to embrace a new season. And uh, in Luke chapter 5, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they begin to criticize him because he uh, is acting differently than the way that they are used to. Uh, They are used to functioning under the old covenant law. And here Jesus comes, and in Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 33, the the Pharisees come to Jesus, and basically they just criticize Jesus because he's not fitting into their box. He's not doing what they expect them to do, specifically around the area of fasting. And they say, Jesus, uh, we are we fast. In fact, they, they love to make a big deal out of fasting. They said, Jesus, we fast. The disciples of John the Baptist fast. And they said, Jesus, why don't your disciples fast? And basically, Jesus's response to them was pretty simple. It's not the time for fasting. Now, we know that Jesus was a proponent of fasting. He taught on fasting. He encouraged fasting. He said, when you fast, not if you fast, but when. The, but the issue wasn't that Jesus was opposed to fasting. It was simply not the time for fasting. He says, you don't fast while the bridegroom is with you. In other words, it's not the time for fasting. It's the time for celebration. And then he goes on in Luke chapter 5, verse 36, to speak a parable that I think has tremendous truth for every single one of us in the season that we're in. In Luke chapter 5, verse 36, it says this, Then he spoke a parable to them. A parable is a, a story that illustrates a timeless truth. He says this, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new garment makes a tear. It shrinks and it tears away. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Then verse 37, he says this, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst and the wineskins will be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. And Jesus is giving here some 
principles. He's using the illustration, and specifically, I want to focus on the illustration of a new wineskin that Jesus uses to illustrate how we are to embrace change. Now, I I know most of us, um, uh, the illustration of a wineskin may not be very relevant to us as it was at that time. I know uh, most of you, uh, when you go to Trader Joe's, you don't pick up a new wineskin, okay? Uh, But a wineskin, it was kind of the original corksicle, all right? It was a container that they would put their wine in, and it was an animal skin that they would fill with wine. It was the container that they would use. And, And Jesus says that in order to have the new wine, uh, new wine was, was still fermenting, it was dynamic, there, it, was still releasing, uh, it was still releasing gas because it was still in the fermentation process. And so he says, you, in order to hold and contain new wine, you have to put it in a new wine skin. And Jesus is using that to illustrate, specifically, he's using it to illustrate the old covenant that the Pharisees were functioning under in contrast to the new covenant that he came to bring. And I, I want you to understand, and I believe Jesus wants us to understand some principles about embracing change that specifically come out of that transition, but really apply to every single one of us. You see, if we're to understand what God is doing, we have to recognize that God moves in seasons. God moves in seasons. Jesus is saying there was an old, but that now there is a new. Uh, again, simply put, God works in seasons. It was a new season uh, of time that Jesus came to bring. You know, we we understand that naturally here in Florida as we are in the month of April. Uh, it is spring technically, although it's beginning to look like uh, and feel like summer outside. But we all understand natural seasons. And the same is true spiritually that God works in seasons. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, as long as the earth endures, There will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. In other words, there are some things that are always constant, but really what the constant is, is that there will always be change. Seasons will come and seasons will go. And just as that is true naturally, that is also true spiritually, that God works in seasons. And so if we are going to experience what God has for us, we have to recognize that God works in seasons. And not only does God work in seasons, but uh, we have to respond differently in different seasons. Uh, You know, if you uh, expect to have a harvest of blueberries in January, you're, you're expecting the wrong thing. Uh, Right now in April, here in Florida, you can get a beautiful harvest of blueberries. Right now, it's blueberry season, and uh, I love to go go blueberry picking. That's something my family and I love to do this time of year, although I'm not sure if we're allowed to do it right now or not. But, you know, if you wanted to go orange picking (laughs) right now, you would be sorely disappointed. Uh, Why? Because it's not orange season, it's blueberry season. And not only are there seasons, but different things grow in different seasons. In fact, 
the Bible tells us about a, a group of people, a family in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar who were a part of David's army. And it says that the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. You know, within David's army, there was all kinds of gifted warriors. There was some that, you know, they could, uh, they, they, they could fight with a the sword. There were some that could fight in different ways, but the sons of Issachar were different. Really, their unique gifting is that they understood what God was doing and how to respond. And, you know, I believe that we are in a different season. Uh, we're in a different season just physically. It doesn't take a prophet to recognize that we're in a, a different season. I mean, think with me for just a moment. Last Sunday, uh, many of us for the first time in our lives, we're not in a church building on Easter. Um, this is the, uh, our fifth Sunday for one church that we've not been gathered physically. That's the longest run of not being in a church gathering physically that I've ever had in my life. And so, you know, it doesn't take a, a lot of discernment just to recognize that we're in a different season. But I believe God is actually bringing us into not just a, a, a momentary season as we navigate the situation, but that we are ultimately, this is a moment that will mark a new season spiritually for all of us, that it has the potential to mark a new season, that this moment has the potential to be one of those moments that is not just a moment we get through, but that we forever see our lives before and after. Andy Crouch, who is a Christian cultural commentator, uh, kind of made this statement and, and gave a framework of understanding the moment that we're in. And he said, you know, we all recognize that this is a disruption. This disrupts our routine. We, we all know there's going to be some level of disruption. But he said, uh, really, it's yet to be determined what level of um, impact this will have. And he used the illustration of, um, of snow and kind of the snow season, which I know is not relevant to us here in Florida. But for those of you who perhaps have lived up north or maybe you're watching from up north, you understand um, the, the snow season. My in-laws who may be watching from Minnesota understand the snow season. And he says that, you know, this is going to be a disruption, but this is going to be one of three things. Number one, this may be a blizzard. Uh, in other words, it's a, a moment that may disrupt for a, you know, short period of time. Maybe it's a couple of weeks, but we're going to get back to normal. It may be a blizzard, he says, or it may be a winter. Uh, a winter is longer than a blizzard. A winter may be two to three months. And he says it may be a blizzard, it may be a winter, or it may be an ice age. Now, I know that sounds very ominous to all of us, and I don't think an ice age in terms of, um, you know, that civilization is wiped out and that sort of thing, but it's, what he's meaning is it could be a moment that, that changes life as we know it. And again, I don't mean that in a kind of doom and gloom sort of a way. I don't believe that's 
it. In fact, the Bible tells us that we know, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So it's not a doom and gloom sort of a message. It's actually a recognition that God is working in a unique way in this time. And if we're going to experience what God wants us to experience, we have to be aware of the season that we're in. And so I believe that, you know, here globally, we're in a, in a unique season, a new season. Um, I also believe as a church, God is bringing us into a new season. You know, we are doing things differently than uh, we've been used to. We are experimenting with new forms of church from what we perhaps have been used to. But ultimately, I believe that it can be a new wineskin that can contain a new wine that it can contain that wine that symbolizes the fresh, dynamic uh, work of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe we're there as a church. I also believe, um, personally, perhaps some of you are in a new season, maybe related to the, uh, the, the moment that we're in culturally, or perhaps it's just a unique season for you. Maybe you've been recently married. Maybe you've recently had a child. Maybe you've uh, recently had a change in your job. And, you know, I, I think there's two ways for us to respond. Either we resist the change uh, or, or we embrace the change. I, I've heard it said this way, you can either do something and try to get God to bless it, or you can find what God is blessing and join it and, and work with it. You know, God grows oranges in January, February, but God grows blueberries in April and May. And we're in a new season and we want to embrace what God is doing. And I, I just feel uh, for all of us that God is calling us to be, um, to, to really respond to what he's saying. And so I want to give you on just this thought of wineskins, a few kind of simple things. This is not a message that's going to blow your mind with intellectual um, you know, ascent. It's pretty simple, but I think it's, it's actually profound for all of us to, to recognize as we are in this season of change. And so I just want to call this maybe three points that are wisdom from the wineskin. And again, that wineskin is a, it's an animal skin that they would use to carry wine. And uh, the first thing that I want you to see about the wineskin, Jesus uses that parable and picture of how we are to navigate a new season. But the first thing I want you to see is that if we're going to be a new wineskin, number one, we have to be open. We have to be open. And I know that may be like, duh, how obvious can you be? But you can't pour wine into a wineskin if the wineskin is not open. For us, I would say that means that we are expectant that we have an openness in our hearts and minds to what God is doing. I know all of us are tuned in probably to the news. We're tuned in in the natural. But are you open to what God is saying spiritually? Are you open to what God may be wanting to speak to you personally during this time? I went last Saturday for a prayer walk. And uh, which is a good thing to do right now. That's a, uh, I call it a twofer because it's two for one. You get to pray and you get some exercise at the same time. But I was out for a prayer walk and I just was saying to God, God, would you help me to, uh, to, to be open to you? Help me to, 
maybe I need to even clear away my list of prayer requests, and maybe you're going to give me something different to pray. And as I was just in that place and walking, I had this picture of a radio, and kind of like a radio in your car. And, you know, we have, although now I know we all listen to Spotify or Apple Music, but on your radio, uh, you have preset channels. And probably most of us have set those channels. And once you set those channels, you're, you no longer kind of go scanning the radio waves. You just kind of go to those preset channels. But when the when the radio gets disconnected from the battery, when you disconnect from the power, uh, it, cl- it clears the preset channels. And I felt like that was kind of what God was saying to me, that God wants to clear some of our presets. Some of that can be programs, just things that, again, they're not bad, but, but we just get set in the same program. Uh, maybe even in your marriage, maybe you just get set in a routine, you get set in a certain program. Maybe God just is wanting you to be open to a new level of relationship in your marriage. In, in, uh, maybe it's openness even with your neighbors, although I, I know we have to be mindful of the, uh, you know, the season that we're in, but maybe God's wanting to speak to you in a new way. And, and I believe uh, that he wants to clear the presets, clear the programs. Um, so much of what we do, we can just become locked into that and we're no longer open to what God is doing. And so, number one, uh, a wineskin has to be open. Number two, uh, not only does it, ha- does it have to be open, but a wineskin has to be flexible. In fact, that's why you need a new wineskin for new wine, because new wine is still fermenting and it's still breathing. It's still forming. And so, practically speaking, with a wineskin, as that wine was fermenting, the wineskin needed to be able to expand. And and an old wineskin would get rigid, it would kind of get leathery and hard, but a new wineskin was still uh, flexible, it was still supple, and that's really a picture of how we need to be in order to embrace the change of a new season that God is bringing us into. We have to be flexible. Now, I don't know about you, but I love routines. In fact, I've said to my wife before, all we need is like seven meals. You need a meal for Sunday. We need a meal for Monday. We need a meal for Tuesday. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Taco Tuesday. And let's just go through the routine because I just love routine. And routines can be great, but the problem with a routine is that over time, a routine can become rigidity. And rigidity left long enough can become a rejection to the new. And, you know, some of us love new things. Some of us perhaps maybe are, are, are more given to the routine, and there's certainly value to both. But I believe for every one of us, in order to experience what God wants us to experience, we need to be flexible. We need to be willing to change what we do, even as a church. Um, you know, we, we like to have things done in a certain way, but I believe God always wants us to be open, to be flexible. I mean, practically speaking, who says that worship always has to be the same pattern? Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but God wants to bring us into a new season. Who, who says that preaching and teaching of the Word always has to look exactly the same? 
again, I'm a huge proponent of preaching and teaching, but we have to be flexible. Uh, routine can become rigidity, and rigidity can become rejection of the new thing that God is doing. And I'm reminded of a story out of the Old Testament of the prophet Eli. Maybe you're familiar with the story of Eli. Eli was the prophet that saw Hannah in the temple one day crying out to God, and he blessed her, and she ended up having giving birth to Samuel the prophet. But as Eli grew and became advanced in age, Samuel grew as a boy, and Eli became older. There's this verse that's kind of a haunting verse in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. And Samuel was now a little boy, and Eli was the older prophet. And it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the, the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, they, they weren't hearing from God. In verse 2, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The New King James Version says he was in his place. But I like the way the NIV says it, that he was in his usual place. He, he was in the same place but he had lost his vision. And there is something sometimes about the routine of life that can dull our vision, that can dull our sensitivity. And Eli really represents the old, and Samuel represents the new. We could say it this way, it's the old wine, the old wineskin, and the new wine, the new wineskin, the new thing that God was wanting to uh, bring forth. And, you know, oftentimes the greatest resistance to a new move of God is the old move of God. Uh, oftentimes the thing that hinders us from taking hold of the great things that God has for us is the good things that we're currently experiencing. And Eli had blessed Hannah and she had given birth to Samuel. We could say it this way, this way that it was it that, that the new thing had been brought forth because of the blessing of the old. And so much of what we experience today really is the blessing that we've received of what God has done in the past, but we can never let the blessing of the old hinder us from what God is wanting to bring us into in the new. And that means that we have to be flexible. Practically speaking, God I think is helping us to become flexible in this season. You know, what makes us flexible is stretching. And uh, stretching isn't always fun, uh, but it does increase our flexibility. And we, as a church, we're being uh, stretched in this season. We've kind of gotten thrown into a new season that we never uh, would have dreamed of. But I believe God's stretching us because He's wanting us to be more flexible in order to experience what he has for us. So number one, we have to be open. Number two, we have to be flexible as new wineskins. And then number three, we have to be responsive. We have to be responsive. Jesus tells us here that there are some people that their response to the new is, they say this, the old is better. In other words, we like the old wine. We like the old way, the, the, the fine wine. Uh, the older wine, the old is better. 
And you know, that kind of sounds like a wine critic. They kind of swirl it in the glass. They smell it. They taste it. They, they're a wine critic. And God has called us not to be critics, but containers. And it's so easy when we go into something new for some of us to kind of get into a mode of criticism. And, and here's what I found. It's a lot easier to criticize than it is to contain. It's a lot easier to point out the flaws, especially in something new, uh, than it is to participate and to really be a part of what God is doing. In fact, anytime there is something new, there's always going to be some inherent weaknesses, some inherent things that are working its way out like that wine is aging. And so I I believe that if we're going to be containers, we have to recognize uh, what is it that is timeless and eternal versus what is temporary? What do, we, what do we hold on to and what do we let go of? We can say it this way. What's the baby and what's the bathwater? You know, the bathwater is good. Uh, those of you who have, have had a baby, you know, bathwater is good for dirty babies. But then the bathwater becomes dirty and you got to get rid of the bathwater, but don't get rid of the baby. And there are some things that God has called us to hold on to. Uh, worship in the sense that a heart that's after God, that's worshiping God, that's the baby. The bathwater is the form. Do we, do, does it have to look the same way? The baby is the preaching of the Word of God, the proclamation of the Word of God. The bathwater is, does it have to look the same? Maybe for you, the baby is the calling of God on your life. The, the thing that He's put, it, put within you, that He's preparing you for, the bathwater is perhaps the job or the, uh, the, the moment that you're in. The baby is the, the, the vision for your family. The bathwater is the, the routines that maybe it's time to change some of those things because ultimately God's not called us to be critics but containers of the new wine, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, receive that fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that even as we are in a new season, God has new wine, a a, a new source of joy, a new source of peace. You know, if you think about it, why do people drink wine? Sometimes they drink it just for joy, for pleasure. Sometimes it's to forget. Sometimes it's to have comfort. But ultimately, God wants to be the source of that for every single one of us. And I know right now that we're at a moment of change, but I believe that God wants to fill us afresh. And so I want to pray for you as we prepare to go back into just a moment of worship. I want to pray for you. I know some of you have had changes in your job, maybe changes in family routine. Maybe you're even concerned about the future. But let me encourage you again that God has prepared good works in advance. And so I want to pray that all of us would be open, that we would be flexible, and that we would be receptive to what God is doing. So would you join me right now? Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you. Lord, for this moment that we are in. And God, we thank you for the potential of this moment. God, as we celebrated Easter last Sunday, that the worst crisis 
that humanity has ever known, the death of your son, the death of Jesus became the greatest opportunity, a new season of salvation for every person. And Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord, in this season. Lord, perhaps there's some that are uh, filled with fear and anxiety. God, I pray that you would comfort them. Perhaps, God, there are some that have been thrown into uh, a, a place that they never thought they would be. God, thank you that you are with us. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to see not with eyes of fear, but with eyes of faith, God. Lord, thank you that you're bringing us into a new thing. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to embrace the season that we're in, Father. Lord, that we would be like the sons of Issachar that knew what time it was and knew what we should do. Help us, Lord. If there's ways that you want us to change, God, if there's routines that you're wanting us to let go of or to take hold of, Father, help us, we pray. Father, we want to be containers, not critics, God. And so, Lord, we pray you'd fill us today with your wine, the wine of the Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together with this song.